Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about who is the valedictorian of the MCU villain high school class of 2021. <laughs> My name is MT, and with me today is the amazingly awesome and beautiful um, and the other half of Peaches and Cream, Tommy Bechtel. What's going on, Tommy? <laughs> Big head gang, let me hear you. Big head gang. Big head gang. <laughs> oh, great to be back with you, my man. Happy belated birthday. Happy. Uh, uh, and you know what? Man. Let me get a, let me get ahead of next year. Happy birthday next year as well. So. Oh so, shoot! You are you're the first person to say happy thirtieth birthday to me, Tommy. What's so big three nice. O, baby? <laughs> big three O. Three decades of uh, just being weird. And, yeah, hell uh, yeah. So no other way. Depression. To <laughs> just kidding. It's really dark. We anyway. both laughed at that because we're in pain. <laughs> it's just darkness on the inside. We're like, yes. In the darkness. Why, God? Why are you doing this to us? With Loki premiering soon on Disney+, Plus, we'll soon be reintroduced to a mischievous Loki from the past who has yet to embrace his more heroic and altruistic side. So whether he's trying to save the day or just looking out for number one, we love Loki for all of his, his clever schemes and his machinations. So that's got us thinking about this week's big question, who are the smartest villains in the MCU? Yes, the villains we're ranking today all have a long and elaborate story in the comics. So to try and keep it somewhat fair, we're going to look at the MCU versions of these Marvel villains. Okay, just keep yeah. it in the films, maybe a little bit of TV. I don't want to say yet. There are some <laughs> villains on this list that have not yet appeared in the MCU, but we expect mm. them to be coming sometime soon, so we included them anyway. Sorry, haters. <laughs> we apologize, haters, but that's just how it's gonna be. Why? Our rankings today are based on intelligence, mm. as well as cleverness and effectiveness of their evil plans. So, mm. let's dive in with our first villain. The Mandarin, Wenwu himself from the upcoming Shang-Chi movie. Now, we don't know the exact extent of Wenwu's intelligence until the release of the movie coming out later this year, but we imagine that he has to be fairly intelligent because of his experience. I mean, Mandarin is an ancient warrior king who has been inspiring people since back in the Middle Ages. So we know he's been around for a very long time and he must have picked up some knowledge along the way. And he's managed to stay under the radar for most of the time he's been alive, pretty right. much. And our heroes were completely unaware of his existence for the most part until this point, because he's been more so like a myth figure than like really just like a main player. And it's pretty smart because he seemed to have a fairly successful empire. I mean, from the trailer, he's landing a helicopter into this huge base full of people and I'm assuming he's paying them all. So right. he has to be very successful. Right. Um, unless yes. this is all a volunteer thing, then uh, I guess Could not. you imagine volunteering for that? Like, you know what? <laughs> I said this year I was gonna volunteer more. Uh, who's no. got opportunities? <laughs> he just has flyers up at YMCA's like- Wanna get involved? <laughs> is there something missing in your life? And of course, the Ten Rings is a very successful terrorist organization, and they're actually one of the first bad guys that we see in the MCU, of course, in Iron Man 1. The people that kidnapped Tony in the first place are part of the Ten Rings huh? terrorist organization. Hmm. So, they, you know, even though they weren't successful in keeping Tony Stark... My turn. They have been successful in other plots around the years, considering that they're still around yes. even now in 2023 in the MCU. Yes, that's right, um, yes. And of course he possesses the 10 rings, which is in the movie, it tends to be like, I think it's more like the 10 like arm bracelets, which is mm. kind of weird, but cool. Which so far appears to be a pretty smart move of his to, to utilize and have, because I feel like if you have the 10 rings, you have to be sort of intelligent to use them because they, they don't seem like 
um, like regular human technology. I think they probably like work with the chi of one's body and like all this stuff. So you kind of have to be a smart cookie to, to utilize those rings. So I like it. All right. Number nine is a bad guy we haven't seen much of yet. We've only, only been teased, and that is Leader. We received oh, just shit. a little yes, sample. Of, yes, the Leader. We received just a little sample of Leader in The Incredible Hulk when mm. Samuel Stearns is exposed to some of Hulk's gamma irritated blood and begins to get mm. that big brain energy. Big head gang. Oh, he big will... head gang again? Oh, uh, yes. shit. Wow, we got a whole we got a lot members of... now. Wow, this is huge. <laughs> uh, just like our heads. So, <laughs> will he be back anytime soon? Let's talk about what he's got going on. Super mm. genius intelligence. He has a mm. perfect memory and can recall any moment since the accident. He has a ton wow. of potential. Theoretically, is capable of learning anything and mastering any worldly subject. Could you imagine that on a date? You go on a first date. <laughs> the person tells you their interests. The second date, you literally know everything about it so you can mansplain to them. Maybe that is not a good thing. Let me... <laughs> dial that back that might be more of a curse than a gift so he has the ability to predict outcomes which gives him a tactical advantage let me know who's going to win these play-in tournament games in the nba please leader if you're watching this uh he has very strong intuition which means his hunches are almost always correct so that's pretty strong i mean yeah i hope we get leader back soon and then we get to see more of his hijinks wow um all of leader's uh abilities sound like things that my ex-girlfriend had yeah great <laughs> strong intuition strong intuition. memory recall to remember all the bad things i've done it's oh my god wait kidding. did we it's... date the same girl uh <laughs> same girl i think we did i think that's uh i think that's why they call us big head game that's you know? right like we got it from our exes that's right. oh god that's terrible i shouldn't say that why would you say that like, you put me in such an uncomfortable situation like you know i'm not happy number eight on our list has got to be um, one of my personal favorite villains, I know a lot of people don't like him, but Ultron. Ooh. I think Ultron is fantastic. And of course, he's super smart because he's a robot. He was built by, you know, the smartest man in the world. But one of Ultron's main um, and most impressive abilities, and probably the first one he ever used, was his ability to scan the entire history of humanity on the planet in mere moments and realizes that, you know, we're pretty much the problem with everything, which, mm. you know, he's not wrong. He's mm. not exactly wrong but after he creates himself using tony stark's technology without his permission while tony stark is partying with his friends like some type of cool sociable man <laughs> i'm like boom you looking for this <laughs> that's what you get tony stark shouldn't have been should have been doing that should have been you focused fool. on your, your nerd shit that's yeah, what you get. Should have been home studying. Right? That's why I don't have friends. That's Me too. You never I know when the apocalypse to. is gonna start that's right i'm always <laughs> just working that's why i don't go on a lot of dates i'm too busy with my craft <laughs> But yes, after Ultron makes himself using Tony Stark's technology, uh, he pulls himself up by his digital bootstraps and keeps making nicer and more powerful bodies for himself. So that's a pretty smart thing to do because I can't do that with my body. I no, can... I wish I could. I'm always trying to get rid of mine uh, for a better one. <laughs> I'm trying to Freaky Friday with everyone. I just, I, anytime I shake hands with someone, I whisper a curse, right? but it never works. And Ultron was able to develop his own machines and technology, giving himself powers such as telekinesis, which is just pretty damn cool. I wish I had telekinesis. Very cool. And he's able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe in combat with the Avengers. And like one of my favorite sequences of that movie is when Cap and Ultron are fighting on top of that truck. It's pretty cool. And then, mm, yes. oh, and then Cap throws a sharp at Ultron's titties and he gets stuck on his chest oh. and he has to rip it out. It's great. Yes. Um, that is a great It's a good thing that movie directs it itself. Yeah. <laughs> 
And of course, Ultron had a very smart plan of destroying the planet by ripping a city out of the ground and dropping it on Earth. Mm. And even though he was stopped, it still did plenty of damage because the aftermath of Age of Ultron pretty much kicked off Civil War. And the aftermath of Civil War is, you know, kind of left the Earth defenseless for when Thanos came. So, you know, Ultron... He was stopped, but he really did mess things up. He did. He started. He started. He started a lot of shit. But without Ultron, we wouldn't have Zemo, That's and we wouldn't true. have the Zemo dance. That's so true. hey, thanks, Ultron. You know, and uh, number seven is the person I like to refer to as the Flesh Ultron. He's very similar in intellect uh, hmm. and ingenuity, and that is, of course, Doctor Doom. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a brilliant scientist and engineer. He yes. is a very capable wielder of magic. You're a wizard. What the? That's terrible. You. Given the trend of where the MCU is going, makes uh, it seems as though Doctor Doom will be around sooner than later. He has designed and constructed many devices and machines, including his most successful creation. You know him. I know him. I love him. The Doom Bots. Doombots oh, yeah. have advanced AI and often aid Doom in his schemes, even impersonating Doom at times and distracting people. Some Doombots like are so advanced that they actually think that they're Doctor Doom. It's That's so right. funny. Yeah, it's like awesome. some runs are just really great because like the Doombot will freak out and be like, "Wait, I'm not Doctor Doom. I am Mrs. Nesbitt." Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> he has obviously to do that super genius intelligence. He was even able to mm. cure Ben Grimm once. I mean, that's. Uh, mm. Not a bad skill. I think Ben's perfect the way he is, but, you know, maybe sometimes uh, he doesn't want to be made of rock. Anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why would you not want to be made of rock? You could do everything as a rock man. What are you even talking about? What's up complaining, Ben? Yeah, come baby. on, Ben. Perfect. Talk about being able to balance multiple responsibilities, juggle two things at one time. He's been able to stay in power as the dictator of a country, showing his mm -hmm. natural talents for leadership, strategy, and politics. It's true. You can't be a dumb motherfucker. If you want to rule the country, man. That's right. But speaking of villains that are coming very soon, we have number six on our list, Kang the Conqueror. Ooh. As a time-traveling entity, it can be difficult to judge Kang's intelligence based on the time that he comes from. I mean, when compared to our current place on the prime timeline, he's clearly a very smart fellow, and he understands the intricacies of time travel in the quantum realm. He, of course, has the combined knowledge and experience of his counterparts from across the multiverse and can travel across time without creating, like, divergencies. So, mm. you know... It's pretty impressive. And he also has access to technology across time from any world in the universe. So, you know, to operate all sorts of different types of technology, you, 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 need, to, you need to be smart. You need to have at least a strong basis in uh, Hooked on Phonics. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> they work you know. for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on it. I'm, I'm halfway through my Hooked on Phonics. We're going to get uh, you there. Don't worry, buddy. I, you know, I got kind of tripped up with uh, the, the I before E except after C thing. I don't understand how I that works. I think you're doing great. Received is an unfair word. Coming in at number five, I mean, my personal favorite. We haven't seen him in the MCU yet, but we have seen him in a Marvel movie. It's Magneto, baby. Hey. Yes. yes. He's described as having genius intelligence in the comics. Magneto has a large depth of knowledge. In many scientific fields, especially genetic engineering and mutation. It's a very groovy mutation. He's made clones, artificial beings, and he's even mutated humans uh, to give them powers. He's developed mind control okay. devices as well as devices that suppress mutant powers. He speaks several languages. He's easy on the eyes. Uh, he's made many <laughs> discoveries in particle physics. This guy can do it all. He has designed magnetically powered aircraft and spacecraft. Space stations, 
He's made things that are sabotage devices that have metal in them so that he can manipulate people. He's a dutiful planner and a brilliant strategist, and I'm lucky to call him my best friend and brother. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing that Magneto can do um, yeah. is uh, lift up stadiums. It's a nice little uh, party trick that he does, and I, I enjoy it every time. From a, being a kid, I love Magneto because he would occasionally do the right thing. Even if you're bad, every once in a while, you can do I the do right like thing. I do like that too, right? I <laughs> yeah. do like villains that are like multi-layered. Cause it's just yeah. like, I'm I'm evil all the time. That's boring. It was yeah. like Magneto's like, I'm evil most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm like 90-10. I'm like, I'm like a nice uh, ground hamburger. <laughs> 90% lean, <laughs> but uh, you know, 10% of the time I'm nice. I love his his, his relationship with Charles the best yes. because like it's it's like they're they're like weird, like close friends, but mm -hmm. not best friends, but like right. on again, off again. It's great. It's yeah. just just kiss already, honestly. Yeah, I know, just go my and God. And, and please, I mean, I think Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen have kissed. So that's right. Like, I love their relationship in real life. So you know what? Just make him kiss in the comics. Who cares? It's fine. That's a good number five. I do mm -hmm. like that. But for number four, we got to talk about him. We got to talk about him. Yeah. And I know some people might be upset that he's just at number four. But Baron Zemo, oh, the yes. man himself, he yes. is a goddamn genius. Yes. Like, he is a calculating villain with no enhanced powers, but has orchestrated the series of events in Civil War, which of course destroyed the Avengers from the inside out and made their Earth not ready for Thanos' uh, arrival, and has killed more super soldiers than anyone in history. He just he just finds them out and he just hunts them down and kills them. That's just his main hobby. People get mad at him for murdering super soldiers. I'm just like, why? Why? Why are you judging this man? Don't kick shame him. Never let anyone dull your sparkle, Zemo. Don't let your dreams be dreams. I'm just kidding. Please don't murder anyone, people. I'm not giving you permission to murder. They're like, MT and Tommy said we could. <laughs> we have to testify at like 50 murder trials over the next five years. And of course, his biggest um, and most uh, smartest thing that he's ever done is use the Winter Soldier um, as his personal weapon. He yes. literally found out how to activate this ancient weapon and use them as his own personal weapon. And that's some gangster shit. Supercharged. I love Zemo. He's one of my favorite uh, characters in the MCU. Uh, yes. But he's not ranked above this next character. Having this character be your favorite is like having the Yankees be your favorite baseball team. It's not sexy, <laughs> but it is a pathway to success. Like, you are going to be happy, ultimately, as a fan. It's Loki, baby. It's Loki. Ah. It's our favorite uh, <laughs> god of mischief. Loki is clearly one of the most clever strategists in the MCU. As I said, he's the god of mischief, after all. Uh, he has, oh, yeah. He's able to take uh, control of the minds of key players in order to execute his plans. I uh, see Hawkeye and Eric Selvig. He mm. gets in there and crosses all their wires and uses them like little puppets. Seriously, like him controlling Eric Selvig was probably the most smartest thing he could have done. Because Selvig is one of the smartest um, non-evil people in yes. the MCU. He's also yes. amazing at pulling off double crosses and then making it a triple cross so he goes back mm. to doing the right thing. It's like, haha, you thought <laughs> I was doing the right thing, but I was secretly doing the wrong thing. So it's kind of all, all built around this big crew with like a cool double cross and then this big awesome twist where there's like another double cross. He's also really good at talking his way out of bad situations, mm. which is 
a skill I wish I had. Oh yeah, I can't do that for shit. Like if I'm get, if I'm pulled over, I'm not talking my way out of that shit. I'm getting two tickets. Exactly. Uh, one for one for the traffic <laughs> violation, and the other just for uh, talking yeah. too much. I think maybe one of the most impressive things Loki can do is he's able to sneak people in and out of Asgard right under the watchful mm. eye of Heimdall. Like, I mean, that guy oh, yeah. is supposed to be all-seeing. That is crazy impressive to me because, like, one of my favorite Heimdall moments is when is in Thor the Dark World when Malekith's invisible ships start approaching Asgard and no one can see them, but Heimdall's like, wait a minute. Right. And then he jumps onto an invisible ship that mm -hmm. no one can see. Yes. So, like, if you can fool Heimdall, you can fool that guy? like, you're next level. So, yes, I do right. like that. Loki is a great number three, but number two, we're going to have to go with the man, the myth. The conductor of the train, Zola himself. I know it's unsurprising that I would give Zola the number two spot, but like Zola is one smart uh, computery man. Because Red Skull may have had all the ambition to make Hydra the ruling force on the planet during his time on the planet via the power of the Tesseract, but Zola was the one with the brains and the technical expertise to pull it off. I mean, he was smart enough to know not to take the suicide pill, which is great. Um, and he was able to orchestrate Hydra's actions while working directly under the nose of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course, this happens between the events of Captain America 1 and Winter Soldier when the United States take him in to work on various uh, nerd stuff. They needed some nerds and so they're like, hey, you work for Hydra, come on in, we can trust you. You couldn't trust him, no. And he basically figured out a way to be immortal through his ability to digitize his consciousness. So yeah. even though Zola is technically dead, the consciousness of Zola is right. still around to terrorize everyone, which is uh, great because yeah. we need some more Zola. I, That's I do awesome. miss Zola. Please I love that he's around. All right. Number one, probably inevitable, just as he says, is of mm. course <laughs> Thanos, the mad Titan. Yes. He's probably the smartest villain in the MCU. I would say it's mm. tough to tough to argue with his, his track record and success. He's the king of delegation. Doesn't need to micromanage, sends his employees out to collect the stones for him. <laughs> Granted, this doesn't always work out as planned, but fairly successful. I mean, mm. he accomplishes his plan and retrieves all yeah. six Infinity Stones. And what does he do? He wipes he out half the universe. Dude, Thanos, he had a, he had a vision and he carried it out. So. We, he's yeah, Exactly. He's undistracted by petty squabbles. He's mm -hmm. undistracted by familial emotions and drama. Like, oh, mm -hmm. daughter, you he, could- He, he tossed that chick right off the cliff as, yeah. soon as, he, he, as soon as he already had to. He's like, family vacation with my daughter, but I need to get the soul stone. Bye-bye! Uh, that yeah. bitch. Well, here's the craziest thing of why Thanos is probably the smartest villain in the MCU. He almost does it a second time. He almost mm. accomplishes <laughs> all of these things twice. Like, mm. it's like, talk about perseverance. Talk about Sisyphus. The boulder rolls back down the hill. And what does he do? <laughs> he rolls it right back up. So I think with all that, that has to make Thanos the smartest, right? I mean, he's got to be the smartest villain in the Oh, episode. yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's like, he's no slouch. I mean, like, he's basically Titan's Tony Stark. Yes. I mean, like, we, we hear in Infinity War when he's talking to Doctor Strange about how, like, he wished that the scientists of Titan listened to him and, like, with the, his, mm -hmm. his plans on, you know, I guess, basically genocide on right. Titan. Right. And, you know, even though it was the ramblings of a madman, it was rooted in rationality and science to thanos to the to the rationale of a person who thinks murder is a yeah, is a proper yes. a solution to rational um, the rationale to to the irrational oh yes and like I, I and i was thinking about this the other day who knows what type of experiments 
Thanos was even up to right. during his time while he was oh, alive. I mean, yeah. like, who knew? Who, and who even knows what was on that ship that crashed yeah. onto the planet during the events of it, right. during the final battle in Avengers Endgame? What if there was? What if he was experimenting with some, with some Venom symbiotes? Yeah. You know, like, oh, he's a scientist through and through. Never forget that Thanos is a scientist, and you don't know what's on that ship. Yeah. So Ooh. we could be getting some venom what on the, that ship. Who Ooh, knows? That would be amazing. But yes, that was great. And we are going to dive into our bite-sized questions next. But first, of course, we got to do a word from those amazing people that helped bring Big Question to you guys. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's just what we do. And one of the people that do that is, of course, Cut Clothing. Now, whether your coworkers are just seeing you over a Zoom screen or in person, you need to look professional. And dressing competently tells people that you are competent yourself. Though, you don't have to sacrifice comfort for timeless style. And for that, there's Cut's Clothing. The folks at Cut's Clothing have taken a classic men's fashion staple, the plain tee, and refined it, combining premium quality with the minimalist aesthetic. Cut's founder, Steve Borelli, reinvented the t-shirt and made what GQ magazine calls the only shirt worth wearing. Their signature Pika Pro tri-blend tee is a bold new take on a classic design. I have some cut shirts myself, and not only do they make me look great, but they make me feel really nice on the inside too. It's just really, it's just a nice fit. It feels good on the skin. Now, I don't really have to go to important business meetings all that often, but if I did, I would not feel out of place in a Cuts shirt because they're just that good. It's not just a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash big question. That is cutsclothing.com slash big question for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Even if it's easier now to leave the house and go places, it doesn't mean running some errands is necessarily fun. Like needing mm. to go to the pharmacy to pick up prescriptions. I don't need them to know my face when I pick up my shameful <laughs> prescriptions. I need that to be discreet. God knows what's growing on me or in me at any given time, and it takes medication to keep that under control. This is not Amen. done naturally. This is made by science. Amazon Pharmacy is the super easy way to save time and money and not have to wait in line at the actual physical pharmacy behind the old women that take 94 minutes to make a $5 transaction. I don't know where I put that $5 bill in my purse. It's because your purse was made in 1930 and is the size of a cargo chest that you would take on a ship to travel from London all the way to the New World to seek your fortune. Amazon Pharmacy coordinates with your doctor to receive your prescriptions, and then they deliver those medications straight to your door. They work with most insurance plans. I'm already buying stuff on Amazon because of the convenience and easy delivery. It just makes sense to do the same with my prescriptions. Something I don't want to worry about running out of. I want to spend my newfound freedom to leave my house safely doing fun stuff, not waiting at the pharmacy. Take a chore off your to-do list with Amazon Pharmacy. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash big question. That's Amazon.com slash big question. Amazon.com slash big question. It's time for the most delectable <laughs> segment of this show. Uh, just a little nibble of knowledge. It's time for some bite-sized questions. Mm. So, What's the first bite-sized question, Tommy? I'm so glad you asked, MT. Kilgore Salmon via Twitter heard of it. Uh, a little That's social a media name. platform where people can politely discuss their differences. Uh, asks, <laughs> without interference from villains or any other nefarious forces, who would live longer, Thor or Superman? Uh, 
that's a really good question. That's a really good question, Kilgore Salmon. Yeah. That's a really great uh, Twitter handle, by the way. I do love it. Now, both heroes have a propensity for long lifespans. I mean, Thor is, of course, the god of thunder, born on Asgard, which is also the source of his powers. And Superman is an alien hailing from Krypton, powered by our yellow sun. Um, and both have the ability to live very long and hopefully productive lives, but which one could live the longest? Now, let's think about this. Let's start with Thor. Now, both the MCU and Marvel comics have established that the Asgardians live a very long time, but they do eventually die, as do we all. I mean, death, it just waits for no one. I mean, everyone's, we're all gonna die, except for Zola, really. Now, Thor's grandfather, Bor, is long gone by the time we meet our golden-haired wonder boy in the red cape. And we eventually see Odin go all sparkly mist in Thor Ragnarok, the final Odin sleep, if you will. And the same thing also happens to Frigga in Thor the Dark World when during her funeral, she turns into a little sparkly dust. And Thor is even aware of his own mortality. In Infinity War, Etri warns Thor at the Star Forge that he's about to take the full force of the star and that it will kill him, to which Thor replies, only if I die. But he doesn't die in that moment, but it does at least confirm that Thor knows death is a possibility for him. Um, and of course, you know, watching everyone die at the beginning of that movie, is definitely a, uh, a big hint that death is uh, a possibility for Asgardians. Mm -hmm. In the comics, Thor has died and been reborn, so he's a little bit more mortality elastic there. Though Thor's death does create the paradox that we love so much, because if Thor dies and is then reborn, is that the same Thor or a new Thor or the Thor of Theseus? You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> WandaVision! <laughs> WandaVision! <laughs> As for Superman, the Superman, he has certainly died on screen in the Snyderverse, as mm -hmm. we remember in uh, the events of Batman v Superman. The man, uh, he, he got killed by yeah. um, Mr. Doomsday. And he died for our wallets in the special edition comic book in the 90s. Mm, yes. But both times he came back because you just can't keep a good Kryptonian down. Okay, the long history of Superman in the comics has established him to be pretty much immortal, which is, you know, pretty... Pretty convenient if mm -hmm. you don't like dying. No. Um, can't relate. Now, as we look at both Thor and Superman's histories in the comics, they both live long, impressive lives. And we've seen a prime Superman from like 85,000 years in the future looking all golden and beautiful. There's even a comic where Superman makes it to the end of the universe, some like 5 billion years from now. And he still looks like he got off the bus from Smallville. Like mm. he's just, he just doesn't age that well. I mean, I think it's the lotion he uses. I think it's Gotta just- be. Maybe use Keels. Oh, must use Keels. It's. I think it's aloe vera. Uh, aloe vera is a secret. Now, Thor has made it to the end of the universe as well. However, much like his father Odin, he starts to show his age. Now, old King Thor is said to be one of the oldest gods to ever live, but without some magic golden apples to restore his youth and vigor, he will pass on to Valhalla, just like his father, just from old age, because that's just, you know, old age comes from us all. It's very sad. Now, while both Superman and Thor have the potential to live very, very long lives, Thor does appear to actually age up while Superman just stays looking young and vivacious. So Superman Yay! would probably live longer than Thor in that situation. So hmm. there's the answer. But good question. I love that question. Great question. All right. Our next question, a little less of a downer, I think. Not that that question was a downer, but maybe one that's not going to make us go to dark places in our minds. <laughs> Bossy the Great says, uh, when Venom eats something or someone, does the food go into Eddie Brock's stomach? That is a really good question. I do like that, Bossy the Grape. Eddie Brock and Venom have a symbiotic relationship, though I'm not sure what great benefits Eddie is pulling from this partnership. Excuse me. But 
whatever. Um, in the 2018 Sony film, Venom appears to eat a robber at the convenience store, and mm. we don't actually get to see it, which sucks, but you know, that's just how PG-13 works, so. Right. Whatever. But when Eddie later wakes up, we see him smacking his lips as if he just enjoyed a delicious meal. That is f***ing disgusting. Is that robber in Eddie's stomach? Well, let's look at the evidence. Now in the comics, Venom has had a few hosts over the years. And most of them at some point were forced to eat body parts, animals, a scroll, a Deadpool. And it appears that the host can certainly at the very least taste what the Venom symbiote consumes. When Mac Gargan Scorpion was Venom, they consumed a squirrel and Mac actually admitted to liking the taste of the squirrel, which is really gross. Yeah. I've never had squirrel. I have, yeah, I don't recommend it. Wow. And as a side note, Mac probably ate the most organisms of any Venom. He was really into eating uh, just people and just things. It was just really gross, hmm. but hey, it's Mac Gargan. Hey. He, he wore a scorpion suit for a good chunk of his life, so yeah. it doesn't necessarily make the best decisions. Anyway, are these tasty treats being passed down into the host's digestive system? Nice. Now, Venom number seven from 2018 has that answer because as explained to Eddie Brock by the maker, the green saliva that comes from the Venom's mouth is actually the extrusion of waste product absorbed by the symbiote. And while the host may taste anything that the Venom symbiote eats, the fact is that the human nachos with squirrels on the side that has been consumed by the symbiote does not go into the human's tummies. Ah. Instead, it gets absorbed by the symbiote and any of the waste is extruded out of Venom's mouth via that green saliva, which ah. is uh, pretty gross, but hey, bon appetit. Disgusting! Mm, wow. <laughs> Delicious humans. Multiple. Great energy for yes. uh, doing some more killing. There I go killing again oh boy. with that human energy. So there you go. Great question, Bossy the Great. And now it is time for the best and most fun part of the show. It's the box of scraps. Box of scraps. Now today's box of scraps question is what vehicle from any comic book, movie slash nerd sphere, anything do you wish that you owned? Ooh, mm. that is a very good question. I mean, I have like the obvious, everyone knows what a uh, Han Solo fan I am. So the Falcon would be dope. Uh, Millennium Falcon. All right, right. The the DeLorean from Back to the Future is great, but that car sucks in real life. So I'm, oh yeah, it's you know it seems like a very cramped vehicle anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for something slightly abstract here. I'm gonna choose okay. the car that as a kid I wanted the most, and that was the Mach Five from Speed Racer. Okay, I, that's a sick car. I, I love. love speed racer i love the concept of the cartoon was so straightforward it's like mm. this kid is just gonna race at the end of every cartoon <laughs> and there's gonna be hijinks from the other racers and the mach 5 is such a great car that it's gonna be able to overcome i actually think the speed racer movie from bro the, from the Wachowski i was just about siblings to say is one of the most so good so underrated and i think so people, underrated my dude I just don't know i wonder if that movie came out now if it would do better or maybe there's just the cynicism of the prop maybe the i think the property just wasn't respected enough by like moviegoers to like see a live action version of it but i really mm. i loved that movie uh bro the cinematography of that movie so is cool. just it's next cool level uh, it is so underrated so, so yes so, I'm, so I'm go see 100%. go watch speed racer if you can yes. and uh 
Yeah, mine's the Mach 5. What about you? I do like that. Um, Mine is definitely not a a vehicle really in the traditional sense. Like, Mm -hmm. it it has no wheels, Uh but I do like me a good TARDIS from Doctor Who. Ooh, yes. Whenever I'm stressed out and it's like, this day sucks, I'm just like, I wish a TARDIS would just materialize (laughs) into my room so I could just just disappear from the bullshit, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like, the TARDIS is the ultimate vehicle in my eyes. It's literally... A mansion, a time traveling mansion mm-hmm. that you can just go anywhere in time and space. It's literally the best, and I, I'm just a huge Doctor Who yeah. um, nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I had to say the TARDIS, man. That's me. That's all. Yeah, that's a great answer. Great <laughs> but answer. yo, the Mach Five um, from Speed Racer, man. Mm. That's a f- dope vehicle. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Both legit. Both legit. Too legit to quit, honestly. Yeah, Big Head Gang got the vehicles. We got the Big Heads. Peaches and Cream, ride in style. MT landing in his TARDIS. Me, in the Mach 5. Which, if I was driving the Mach 5, would probably look like a bear on a tricycle. I'm probably way too big to sit in it. I'd be like, bro, my knees would be up to the steering wheel. In the Mach 5, my dude. Ain't no girl wanted to go into a phone booth with a stranger. It's like, hey, wait, come come into my police box. Like, ah, we're good, stranger. Uh, we're gonna go to with the guy with the cool car. Like, all right, that, that's understandable. <laughs> that car looks so small with that guy. <laughs> it's too small for his body. Uh, all right. Hey man, anyway. I, I know that feel. I literally drive the tiniest Toyota Prius C oh, yeah. every day. So like, that is literally me. Uh, all yeah. of my friends are like, "Empty, what are you doing? Get a bigger car." I'm just like, yeah. "No, I'm saving money on gas. Mm-hmm. You get a bigger car." Yeah. But that is it for this episode of Big Question. I want to thank Tommy Bechtold, as always, for making peaches and cream uh, happen the, in the best way possible. My Tommy, thank you for pleasure, my treasure. This was yes, always a blast oh. to do this show with you. Um, thank you. Follow Tommy, of course, at Tommy Bechtold wherever you can find him. Follow me at Mastertainment, but most importantly, follow New Rockstars wherever we are, especially on YouTube where you can hit that notification bell so you can get notifications whenever we upload dope shit, which is 24-7, 365. Send your big questions using the hashtag big question and subscribe to our podcast feed wherever we have podcasts and give us a nice rating and review because that shit helps a lot. Seriously, oh, yeah. any rating or review that you can give, please do because we would appreciate that so, so much. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Take it easy.